going to be reading from the Gospel of Matthew. We're still in chapter 5, going through the Sermon on the Mount, chapter 5, verses 21 through 37. We're continuing where we left off last week, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about Matthew 5, 17 in a minute, but starting with verse 21 through 37 in Matthew 5. You have heard it said to our ancestors, Do not murder, and whoever murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you, everyone who is angry with his brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Whoever insults his brother or sister will be subject to the court. Whoever says, You fool, will be subject to hellfire. So if you are offering a gift on the altar... And there you remember your brother or sister has something against you. Leave the gift there in front of the altar and first go be reconciled to your brother or sister and then come and offer your gift. Reach a settlement quickly with your adversary while you're on your way with him to the court or your adversary will hand you over to the judge and the judge to the officer and you will be thrown into prison. Truly I tell you, you will never get out of there until you have paid the last penny. You have heard it said, it was said, do not commit adultery. But I tell you, everyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. For it is better to lose one of your parts than your body, than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. For it is better to lose one of the parts of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. Also, it was also said, whoever divorces his wife must give her a written notice of divorce. But I tell you, everyone who divorces his wife, except in the case of sexual immorality, causes her to commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard it said to our ancestors, you must not break your oath, but you must keep your oaths to the Lord. But I tell you, don't take an oath at all, either by heaven, because it is God's throne, or by earth, because it is His footstool, or by Jerusalem, because it is the city of the great King. Do not swear by your head, because you cannot make a single hair white or black. But let your yes mean yes, and your no mean no, and anything more than this is from the evil one. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Did you know, I found this out yesterday, did you know that after the pandemic, divorces saw a 34% spike in filings across the country? Apparently lawyers were really, really busy. Apparently, there was something about being stuck together in isolation for a year, two years, that made a lot of people frustrated with one another. Dr. Michaela Thomas puts it this way, people's nervous systems are completely spent. That's when emotions like indifference or hopelessness come in and people try to make themselves feel better through dopamine-inducing addictive behaviors, including infidelity or alcohol. These dopamine-inducing behaviors are good for a little while because they give you a release. 
But in the end, they just leave you with a feeling of regret. Why did I do that? I find it fascinating to the way that we react to things beyond our control, and apparently Jesus did too. Let me refer back to Matthew 5, 21 through 22. You have heard it said to our ancestors, do not murder, but whoever murders will be subject to ju- and whoever murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you, everyone who is hungry, everyone who is angry with his brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Jesus takes the commandment, do not murder, and he breaks it down to the root of it. Murder begins in the heart with the feeling of anger, animosity. He takes the the commandment, the the physical commandment, and breaks it down to the root cause in the heart. Jesus uses a participle to describe being angry. This helps us distinguish between angry, being angry, which is not a sin. Anger is a natural feeling. We get angry sometimes. We get upset sometimes. If you have kids, you get angry a lot, right? It's okay to get angry. This is not what Jesus is talking about. Even Jesus got angry with the money changers in the temple when he overthrew the tables. This is having anger towards. This is anger personified. This is the anger that lingers in our hearts and lingers in our souls and lingers in our spirits to the point where it becomes the default feeling of I can't stand this person. Remember Matthew 5, 17. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I did not come to abolish but fulfill. The Greek word there, fulfill, is, is maybe better rendered as make fuller, to complete. Jesus takes the law and expands the understanding of it. So you have the the law, do not murder. Jesus is taking the law and saying, this is how murder begins. This is where murder comes from. It comes from that, that feeling in your heart that you cannot stand somebody else that lingers and corrupts and rots you from the inside out. The fuller understanding of the law The fuller understanding of do not murder is this idea of resentment, unforgiveness. That's the sin. That's the part underneath the law. That's the part that God is trying to get to. The part of ourselves that is clouded by sin is that part of resentment, animosity. Again, in Matthew 5, 27 through 28, You have heard it was said, do not commit adultery. But I tell you, everyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Again, Jesus takes that commandment, do not commit adultery. And he breaks it down to its root, the cause that is inside. Adultery begins in the heart. It is a feeling, a lust. It happens internal before it happens external. Do not commit adultery 
at its core is a feeling in our heart. You sin by continuing to carry around this obsession that causes you to sin. Can you go through Exodus 20? Look at Exodus 20 with me. I want you to think about this for a minute. If you go back to the Ten Commandments in Exodus 20, Exodus 21 through 17 there, and you go back through the, the, the Ten Commandments that God gives in Exodus 20, and you think about these commandments. Do not have any gods besides me. Do not make an idol for yourself. Do not bow down and worship them and serve them. Do not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Honor your father and mother. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not give false testimony against your neighbor. Do not covet your neighbor's house. You think about all ten of those commandments and you start thinking about them as Jesus is pointing out here that these commandments, while they are actions that we can take, the root of them begins inside. You have heard it said, do not covet someone else's possessions. But I tell you, everyone who obsesses over someone else's stuff, house, position, or anything else has already committed envy and coveting in their heart. You can do this with each of these. Jesus takes the Ten Commandments and he breaks them down to the cause that is internal, not the external action. Before you even start, you've already started if you hold it in here. This is the fuller understanding. This is what it means to make fuller, to fulfill the root cause that eats away at each and every one of us. Jesus is worried about what consumes you and me. What do we struggle with the most? It is interesting that Jesus uses real-world scenarios. Right here in the Sermon on the Mount, he's talking about things that the people would have done. There would have been people there that have had divorce. There would have been people there that, that had murder. There would have been people there that, that had animosity towards one another gathered around him. And so when he's saying these words, they're going, oh, no. Oh, no. Imagine 2,000 years later we struggle with the same things. It's like we've learned nothing, evolved nothing over 2,000 years that, that Jesus' words here still speak to us 2,000 years later. A message about our choices and our desires and what ultimately consumes us is still as relevant today as it was then when Jesus first preached it. So what does Jesus say is the antidote to our own selfish choices and our own uh, unholy desires and our own inner sinfulness? He says this, an exercise in self-awareness and humility. When you come to the altar and you think and you know and something occurs to you that I done something wrong. You need to handle it then. Self-awareness is key. Self-awareness is number one. If you think to yourself and you're aware enough to say in your heart, I need to 
be reconciled. I need to, I need to clear the air. First go and be reconciled with your brother or sister and then come offer your gift. An exercise in self-awareness. The second thing that Jesus tells us is an exercise in humility. If your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. I I know a lot of people who read this, this verse and go, well, why aren't we all blind, right? Because our eyes have caused us to sin a lot. What Jesus is saying is that if there's parts of you that are struggling, you need to be honest and aware of it. You need to come clean about it. You need to to be open about it. But let your yes mean yes and your no mean no. Are you truthful about it? Are you open about it? Are Are you... Humble enough to be able to own up to it when we make a mistake. I think it's the hardest thing for for people to learn, and especially for children to learn, especially for anybody to learn, is, is when something happens in our life, when something in our life makes a mistake, are we are we able to sort of confess and say, I, I messed up, I, I need to come clean about this, I need to be made right and made whole again and restored and And I think that is what Jesus is saying here is that for you to be whole, for us to be whole, we have to be willing to to be open and honest about our own failings, confession, and pardon, so that we can receive that gift of forgiveness and offer that gift of forgiveness. An exercise in self-awareness where we mess up. And an exercise in humility and grace where we are restored. Amen. Mm-hmm.